Welcome everyone to the Happy Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Jack, lifestyle entrepreneur, professional model slash actor, biohacker, and eco-warrior striving to make a positive impact on this planet. My goal is to inspire, educate, and entertain you while reminding you to enjoy the journey, not just the destination, as you happy hustle for a life of passion and purpose. I am so grateful and humbled to be spending some time together today. Now let's dive in. What is up, you happy hustlers out there? Kerry Jack here with my beautiful fiance, Stephanie Hernandez. And we are talking about how to overcome conflict in your relationship and three strategies to do so in this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast. Woo! And it is going to be a doozy because we're going to pull back the curtain. And first and foremost, let Stephanie and I just say that we are definitely not perfect. Not perfect. And that's why we felt called to even talk about this because we have personally been dealing with conflict and how to overcome it. And some of these strategies are something that have been directly positively impacting our relationship. And we just felt like this would be beneficial for others going through it. So that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. Stephanie, are you ready? Okay, so ready. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, without further ado, let's dive into this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast. Whoop, whoop. Before we dive in, I do want to give a quick shout out to this episode's sponsor, Therasage, who is making some of the best portable and affordable infrared full spectrum saunas. We got one right over there, planning on hopping in it very soon after this interview. And what I love about Therasage is one, it's a family owned company, meaning they actually stand behind their products and you can get a hold of them if anything, God forbid, goes wrong. Two, this is one of the best, if not the best, portable and affordable saunas that I've seen on the market. And the benefits of using this sauna are basically decreasing the inflammation in your body, which a lot of disease stems from, burning calories just sitting on your bum, you know, which who doesn't love burning calories while just sitting on your bum? And then third is basically, yes, she does. It increases all of your blood flow circulation plus so many other benefits for your hair, your skin, your nails, your teeth, and just overall your skin. So if you guys want to get the hookup, you can go to therasage.com and then use code HAPPY, H-A-P-P-Y, to save yourself 10% on these amazing saunas. I have the Thera 360 Plus, the black one. Love that thing. But you can save 10% on anything store-wide, and they have amazing holistic healing products. I mean, you just go on there and, and poke around. You'll see the quality is there, and, and they really do make a difference in your life. So that's one more time, T-H-E-R-A-S-A-G-E.com and then backslash or use code happy. Um, yeah, no backslash. Anyway, let's dive into this episode of the Happiest of Podcast. All right, we're back with this episode of the Happy Soul Podcast with my beautiful fiance, Stephanie Hernandez. Stephanie, how are you today? I am so good. It's a beautiful day and I'm breathing, as Carrie says, every single day. <laughs> yes, yes. Training the subconscious with, uh, with that affirmation. That is important. And I hear it put a smile on people's faces almost every time. Yeah, facts. Cool. Well, here, I want to talk about 
three relationship strategies to overcome conflict. Now, Stephanie and I, just being fully transparent, we've had our shit. Um, and, oh, yeah. and, you know, we've been together now five and a half years. We're engaged to be married later this year. And, you know, any relationship has adversity. Now, what's important to truly understand with a relationship is how to overcome conflict and really make that conflict bring you closer together. And I I know Stephanie has um, her own way of dealing with conflict. I have my own way of dealing with conflict. And you will have your own ways of dealing with conflict. These are just three strategies that we've seen effective in our relationship. So, Steph, why don't you go ahead and run through those three, and then we'll dive deep into each. Okay. Um, Well, I think it's important just to say this, too. In any relationship, you are combining two entire worlds together. So, my world, my perspective, how I do things, his world, his perspective, and how he does things. So I think it's important to just realize that and to come forward with something that works for both of you. And so that's what we've been tweaking and changing and trying and through trials and tribulations, many of them, you know, we've, we've come to find tactics that work for us in a relationship and we're still discovering ways that work for us as we change as individuals as well. So some of the ways are taking time to breathe and settle. Empathize and understand each other's perspective is really, really important. And uniting as a team and creating a plan together to overcome. So finding a way. So Mm. those are the three um, tactics that we use. Yeah. Well, we use multiple, but these are three that are universal that we wanted to share on this episode in particular. And the first one we want to talk about is just taking time to breathe and settle. So this is, this is one that it's a constant, you know, reminder for both of us when, when something does arrive, when, when conflict does show its face, whether it's, Carrie doesn't do the dishes or, you know, Stephanie didn't show up on time or whatever happens, you know, we have to remind ourselves to take a moment to breathe and settle down. Now, Stephanie likes to take more time than I do. Me, I like to just handle stuff head on. I'd like to just, just, hey, you know, this is how that made me feel. I, I really, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we, we move on. That's my perspective. Like, I just like to handle it. Stephanie, she likes to take time. And early on in our relationship, this was a problem in and of itself because she wanted to take more time than I was willing to give. Now we have come to an understanding where we know we take minimum 10 minutes, but maximum 60 to handle a problem. You know, now, that range gives us the necessary parameters where I know she's not going to like let it marinate for three days. Um, and I can, I can have my, my way of handling conflict. Um, you know, my itch scratched, will you? And she can also have hers. And, and that's important. Steph, you want to elaborate on this one in particular? Yeah, I think for us, we had to, again, honor ourselves and our own processes and find a way to make those work 
with each other. So for me, I do process things. I need to process things and analyze. And that's just what I do. And Carrie, he is a, let's throw things on the wall and, you know, let's just do it. And in those moments, there's emotions and it's important to take a step back to breathe and come back to a place of not emotions, but logic. And I think that that was really critical for us. And I had to realize that sometimes I could go a whole day of processing (laughs) and it wasn't healthy. So I had to recognize that in myself as well. And so Carrie and I found this plan to where I can have some time to really process what's going on and breathe and settle in my emotions, get back to a logical state, which is the place that we can actually find a resolution. And it doesn't requires so much time that he actually boils over because for him, the more time that goes by, the more that he gets heated and he thinks about it and it actually doesn't serve him or us. So we found that equal medium, which was really nice. Yeah. Responding out of logic, not emotion. I think that is just the biggest takeaway from this particular strategy. When you take time to breathe and settle, you then get to a logical state, or that's the goal. And then you're able to actually respond with logic, you know, because women and men process conflict differently. Stephanie and I process conflict differently. Yeah. I mean, every individual processes differently. There's going to be some men that process it more with emotions and some women that process it, you know, more with logic. It just depends on the individual. But I think it's important to really recognize and to be truthful with yourselves and who am I, what works for me, Mm. but not move into the relationship saying, Hey, this is what works for me. So you need to do it. No, it's, Hey, this is what works for me. I recognize what works for you. What's a happy medium. And I think that's critical. That compromise and that, that middle ground is important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think just to that point, you know, when you are working through conflict, you have to really empathize and understand the other's perspective. And and that is the second strategy moving to this, this state of trusting that your partner is doing their best to understand you and vice versa. Empathizing where the other is coming from is the second strategy. And, and understanding exactly you know, where you're coming from too. So you can communicate it effectively to your partner and then looking at their perspective, you know, why, why was, you know, she not on time for whatever um, movie premiere that we, we were going to go to. Well, because she had a lot of, you know, different things to get ready. Okay. Now, well, why, uh, why do I get so worked up about it? Well, because I hate to be late. What? This is something we we both are Just working on. Now, his time management is what we're working on, and yet the two examples were mine. So this is also a point we need to make that. You know, these are all things we're for sure working. That was just an example. Yeah, but both are time management when um, you know that's you something you're working on. It's okay. We're we're both working on time management. <laughs> you know, but the truth is, like we both hate to be late, but both of us struggle to 
move to really like prioritize our time, you know, accordingly. Which is also something we worked on where it's like, Hey, we're going to tell ourselves 15 to 30 minutes prior to whatever time we actually have to leave. And we end up leaving at that time anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know, those are all a work in progress. The good thing about us that we honor each other in our constant will to get better. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think really intrigues me in having him as a partner. Um, and in our relationship, it's a constant growth, which is nice. Yeah. Do you have anything else to elaborate in terms of like the blame part of it? You know, so this is this second point is one of the, I guess, the biggest hurdles that we strive to get better at as a relationship. It's probably one of our most difficult um, and it's still present in our relationship and in our conflicts. And it's something that we have to continuously remind ourselves about. Um I think just as human beings or maybe us in our habits, what we've created, we just automatically go into this blame. Oh, well, you did this. Oh, well, you did this, you know, and it's so much easier to point the finger. And we've recognized that that is our initial reaction of when we're arguing or when there's a conflict, it's, Hey, well, you did this. Well, I did that because you did this. And that's not taking accountability and self ownership of our own, um, actions. And so I think what we've tried to do is taking that step back, which was point one allows us a moment to get outside of those emotions to breathe. And then to be able to understand, Hey, how did I show up in this? And that accountability, that moment to have that accountability has been really critical for us. And yeah. we forget, we have to remind ourselves and get back to that habit again. So, yeah, that's a great point, Steph. Really, the blame part of it doesn't serve anyone. No, blame you know? and shame. Yeah. Get rid of it. Yeah. Well, and it's easier said than done. Yeah. And I don't know ever, you know, if you can say get rid of it. Um, as it's like a constant evolution of the process of working through conflict and overcoming conflict is recognizing the blame that you can put on yourself, you know, and take accountability for and, and, you know, and just take accountability for yourself and your actions, which often then, you know, allows your partner to equally own their the responsibility in, in the conflict, you know, and, and it always takes one person to step up first. And we, we alternate on that, you know, and it, and it's not just naturally, it's not like, we're yeah. like, Hey, this time it's your turn. Yeah. <laughs> you go first. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, trying to just allow it to naturally occur, but yeah, I think it, it is critical to create this new habit. And I think at some point, I do believe that it's something that you can get rid of that habit is just something that for me personally, it's deeply ingrained. And I think it's how a lot of people in society, um, the movies we watch, the television shows is just how we see interactions go. Um, just as a side note, um, I was just watching my little nieces and a lot of the shows that they're watching and how these young girls interact in middle school or high school or whatever it is, 
you just see and you're like, this isn't the way it has to be. You know, we can show up fully accountable in ourselves, even if he does, Carrie does something that makes me so frustrated. It doesn't justify for me to react and meet him there. Mm. It is my responsibility and I have to hold myself 110 and 20 and 50% accountable for, hey, no matter how low he goes, I'm going to stay high. And does that mean I always do that? Absolutely not. Because again, we're not perfect as a couple and we're not perfect individually. Mm -mm. Yeah, we're constantly works in progress, all of us. And, you know, the important thing to remember with your partnership is you chose to be with one another. And you really don't need to be with one another. You choose it. So you might as well choose to be happy with one another and choose to be getting better every single day as both an individual and as a significant other. And it's, it's that constant reminder for me personally is I chose Stephanie, she chose me. And, you know, right now, you see, unfortunately, like the divorce rate is so high. I think it's like 51%. Yeah. In, in the latest statistic, which is these people chose one another, you know, at some point in their lives and, and they chose to get married, yet then conflict arises. They don't have effective strategies to mitigate that conflict or to overcome it. And then they choose to split rather than choosing to work through it. You know, what I see too is there's these cycles in your relationship. There's these these different chapters, these different Season. phases, these seasons. And and oftentimes we don't recognize what season we're in. You know, when you're in that first 12 to 18 months with your partner, sometimes six to 18, you know, it, it sometimes it ends earlier for some. <laughs> well, ours stayed like 18 months. We mm-hmm. were in the honeymoon phase, it which is such a high. Oh yeah. Oh, what gosh. a rush. It was. Yeah. I mean, we were like on cloud nine but every we did day. Nothing else besides devote ourselves to each other besides in each other. bed and yes. like didn't work, you know, said screw everything else. And mm-hmm. it was very unsustainable, but it was yeah. beautiful for the moment that it was. It just isn't something that I had to recognize it wasn't something that is sustainable for the long term. We had to get to a point where we can balance out and have time for family and work and and our own individual hobbies and and goals, as well as a devotion to each other, which is, I think, a, a balance that's not as easy for a lot of people. Yeah. And, and what so with that honeymoon stage, it then transitions into what I call the reality phase, (laughs) you know, which is you truly are seeing each other in your raw, real form. And oftentimes this is when couples move in together, coexistence, the coexistence, you know, takes place. It's really seeing each other's flaws, hopefully not focusing on them, but oftentimes focusing on them. Um, And really you move from that reality phase into either well, this isn't going to work or it is going to work. And then you settle down into, you know, truly just the, the intimate, you know, relationship. I don't even have a word for this phase. It's more (laughs) of like a stable, uh, it's a stability phase. So, right. You go through your honeymoon phase, then you go through your phase where you're starting to coexist and the veil is lifted 
you know, and you're starting to see each other for what, mm-hmm. who they really are, these things that maybe they used to hide and, you know, little things. And then you move into a phase of more stability and trust. And there's so much beauty in each of those phases. Yeah. And what happens sometimes too, though, and I just want to mention it before we get into the third strategy to overcome that conflict is when you are in the stability phase, oftentimes we take each other for granted, you know, taking each other for granted. It happens in that third phase. And that's what I see as a lot of times the, the catalyst of the downfall, you know, when, and at least in our relationship, when I started taking her for granted and I stopped doing the little things and, and equally, so she stopped doing the little things, bringing me coffees in bed or making breakfast or me taking out the garbage or doing like the chores, you know, fixing her car or whatever, like, you know, little stuff that just, you know, we kind of got complacent that that was that's the word yeah we yeah. we we really saw the love dissipate and if you're in that point in your relationship i would highly urge you to get back to doing the little things that you did for your lover when you were dating you know and it's easy to say oh there just date date your partner but you know the truth is you never want to get out of that dating phase always try to date your partner mm-hmm. that's huge and and you know we go through times where we forget obviously and we get inundated in our own endeavors and business and different things and then you have to kind of just look around and say oh shit we Mm. forgot about each other yeah (laughs) oh no you know and i think it's important in this phase too is in the beginning, we just talked about this a couple of days ago. We used to fight each other for who would do the dishes, not not do the dishes. Like, no, I'm going to do them. Sit, relax, don't worry. And now it's like, well, you do the dishes, you do the dishes. And it's not a, a state that feels good, right? It feels good when you're constantly in a giving stage in a con in a, in a giving mentality where mm-hmm. I just want to give to my partner. I want to, I want her and him to feel like I'm devoted to them. And mm-hmm. if it takes for me to get out of bed and get her chapstick or get him chapstick or something, you know, you do those little, we don't use chapstick, by the way, it's not natural. <laughs> we don't, we use coconut oil. Yeah. Um, well, and, and, uh, Burt's Bees, they, Burt's they make Bees. good stuff, but just Yos. fun fact, chapstick does have addictive properties. Yeah, so, the branch. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Side note. <laughs> Side note. Um, but it's a great point, Steph. Really, like you have to go on 100, 100, not 50, 50. You have to go 100% for your partner. Be, you know, the 10 that you wish to seek out for your, your partnership, you want to be the 10. If you want a 10, you got to be it yourself. And, you know, that was really good advice that I got from one of my early mentors. And, um, I just think, you know, we oftentimes are a mirror for one another. Like if I'm not showing up as the best version of myself and then she'll show me what I am actually showing up as in her actions in her emotions and her responses. So again, the second strategy there, empathize and understand the other's perspective, release that blame and shame and really focus on, you know, where they're coming from and how you can take accountability for where you may have went wrong too. 
So that was the second one. So, so far, the, the first two relationship strategies to overcome that conflict, one, take time to breathe and settle, and then two, empathize and understand the other's perspective. Steph, what's the third one? Take us home. Unite as a team and have a plan to overcome. Mm-hmm. So unity, which is huge. So I always look at it or envision it as we're on a ball field and is he on my team or am I fighting against him? What ball field? What kind of field? Football. Oh, football field. Okay. Yeah, football. You would think soccer. Are you soccer is so soccer? deeply yeah. ingrained in me, but no, yeah. it's American football. She's from Uruguay. so But I've been American. That's, <laughs> that's why I said football. Hmm. With a U. Football. 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 Okay. Um, yeah, it's just really... Uh, understanding, Hey, is, am I playing on his team right now? Or am I playing against him? Yeah. Is he playing on my team or is he playing against me? Yeah. Do I feel like no matter what he's got me and do I make him feel that those are all things that, you know, I think are really important to check in with ourselves during moments of conflict. And Kerry actually mentioned something to me that he learned from somebody else where when you're having a conflict, to look at each other and say, do you still love me? Yes. Do you still love me? Yes. And that seems to help us get on the same team. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, shit, I do still love you. Yeah. Okay, so I don't need to be against you. But through the blame and the shame and even through, you know, past times and conflicts, you know, it's it's almost like an instinctual thing that comes up where it's like, oh, I need to defend myself against yeah. you. And realizing and doing that check-in of, hey, he's on my team. Hey, I am on his team. And it it changes your approach. Yeah. That was Bart Miller, actually. And he was uh, on a recent episode of the Happy Hustle podcast. And he actually had another really good piece of advice that I want to share with you guys, which was sending gratitude texts to your partner every day. And this is something I've done a couple and I don't even um, think she really noticed (laughs) because, um, you know, it's one of those things you got to have consistency with. And I think if you just send your partner a gratitude text, something small, something little that really does, you know, fill them up. Um, I know I bet now you can think back on some of them that I've sent just because I brought it up. He's a pretty grateful guy. So it's, you know, he's not really short of gratitude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I live in a a gratitude abundant state, or at least my goal is to, Um, but that's, you know, one of those things where you can, you can really become united as a team by first and foremost, asking whenever conflict does arise, Hey, listen, step, you still love me. Okay. I still love you. All right. Well then let's work through this together. And then when you plan how to overcome, this is something where we we've used a couple strategies and I'll share, you know, some that have been effective. One uh, was trigger words. You know, we would use a trigger word to snap us out or a motion, a physical motion to snap us out of a state of an issue, you know, one would be the peace sign, you know, and I want to touch on this because this is something, it's a universal sign. Everyone understands the two fingers when you put them up, 
peace. And so whenever like little nags or drama or some adversity arises, if she put up a peace sign, I would say, oh, I'm obviously not bringing the peace right now. That's a trigger. And it's a less aggressive way. Instead of being like, you're doing this again, you're yeah. nagging again. Don't nag me. It's just a simple. Throw up and the peace. so peaceful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just, oh. And, much better than a middle just, finger. <laughs> it just speaks, you know, volumes, which is, I think, really critical. Yeah. So that's one. It's using triggers, also trigger words, you know, being able to, you know, put some type of um, unique word for your partnership, you know, something that um, will remind you and snap you out of your emotional state into a logical state. Yeah. And we've tried those, but just to be completely real, none has stuck for us. Well, what really stuck was just the physical, no words, just a symbol. And it's just because I think through those heightened emotions and that conflict, minimal words is best through the really heightened ones. No, it's true. I mean, I think what happened early on when we were working through adversity, we put too many trigger words together and we, we were like, Oh, here's a trigger word for this, a trigger word for that. And, and we, we just like, forgot them. What was that? What <laughs> yeah. was that one again? We yeah. forgot. Yeah. So, but it is effective if you, if you both are on the same page, having a trigger word and, or a trigger physical motion, like or the peace sign. The other thing we like to do is a bear talk. And this is a great way to overcome, um, you know, adversity or conflict. Once a week, we sit down on Sunday evenings and we have what we call a bear talk. We call each other bear. So, uh, mushy. mushy, (laughs) Um, but that's, you know, what we, we call it a bear talk. And, you know, we, we basically go over, okay, what should I keep doing? What should I stop doing? And what should I start doing (laughs) for one another? And And the, the good thing about the bear talks is, We've realized that during the week, you know, when we're kind of in the motion of like business, we're in the mindset of like a lot of things, Carrie especially runs just all the time. And so it's not always the best time to say, Hey, can you stop for a minute? I want to tell you, you're nagging me too often. Granted, if it's something that really needs to be addressed, we do. We don't save it for Sundays or whenever the bear talk is. However, it's a neutral time. And we both know that we come into that bear talk, we sit down ready to receive, Mm. where during the week, we're not always ready to receive because our mindsets are in other areas of our lives or whatnot. Um, So that's why Sunday seemed to be a really good day for us, because that seems to be our most peaceful time um, and the day that we really just take for ourselves and take to rejuvenize and, and recharge. So... I think that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Great points. Coming into a a Sunday bear talk, the mindset is open and receiving and ready for growth. So that's an important point. I like that you brought up that distinction. Um, The other, you know, plan that we, we implemented definitely when we were facing adversity more frequently was the love calendar. That was necessary. Yeah. And you might've heard us talk about this um, or myself talk about this in the past, but it really is a great strategy. Uh, I I believe what you measure, you can manage. So um, what we've done is we have this little whiteboard calendar that we keep in our bedroom. And every evening we just ask each other one to 10, how full is your love tank? You know, how was it a love day or was it not? Um, 10 would mean tons of love, tons of passion, tons of sex, or, you know, 
pleasure, um, bonding, and one would be the complete opposite. Adversity, conflict, arguments, nagging, misunderstanding. And so when it's a five or above, we'll put the number um, and then we'll circle with the heart. She'll say, for instance, an eight, it was a love day. And I'll say, "Eh, mine was a six. And then we'll average it at a seven. Mm-hmm. And then we'll put a heart around it. Now, if it was, if it averaged out at less than, you know, less like than five, three. three or something, we would put an X. And then, you know, that allows us to see a holistic view of our month of truly how much love we're having or how much adversity. And then every Sunday too, we can look, you know, from the week prior of really where we were. And what we can do better. Yeah. And it, it's what you can measure you can manage, which I think has been, you know, something that's really helped us in our relationship. We don't do it as often now. Um, We started experiencing conflict once again, you know, more often. And so that's the times that we really bring out the calendar. It's like, okay, let's start managing this because Mm -hmm. we don't want to accept that this is our reality, just conflicts, you know, especially when they're about little things. Um, so it's, it's helpful for sure. Yeah. And, and, just naturally as human beings, we have a negativity bias. It's important to know that us humans, we focus on the negative. We, that why do you think the news is so popular it's because yeah. it has a negativity bias you know good news comes and goes bad news stays and it gets you know shared and it's really important to recognize the negativity bias that we possess as human beings but we can't so change that we can and and you know with constant reminders of our love calendar we can see the love we can you know, notice, oh, you know, we said it feels like there's been a lot of adversity lately, but the calendar says for five out of seven days, we were, we were, you know, great. We were great. We were loving each other. So, which helps with mindset. It does. It very much does. So that's just an important strategy. The important thing, again, just to remember, unite as a team when conflict does arise, ask, you know, first and foremost, are you on my side? Do you still love me? Yes. Okay. Are we breaking up over this? No. Okay, good. Well, then we're still on the same team, you know? Um, And then, you know, create a plan to overcome. Um, I'm pretty sure one of our dogs underneath the desk just crop dusted us. That is, that is rank. Oh Lord. Heaven help us. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. That is so bad. Oh man, that is bad. Oh, sorry guys that you had to witness that. Um, yeah, if you could only smell through the mic. Uh, anyway, thank God you can't. Thank God you can't. No smell a vision here. Yeah. So let's just re- recap those three strategies one more time and then we'll we'll wrap this bad boy up. Steph, hit him with it. Okay. Ready? Um, Take time to breathe and settle is the first one. Um, Number two, empathize, empathize with each other and really understand the other's perspective rather than your own. It is very easy to think about your own perspective. You live in your own world in your mind, but as a couple, you need to give them that honor. And then number three is unite as a team. And I think it's important to say that find a way, create this mentality of no matter what, we're going to find a solution rather than being focused on the problems. We're going to find a solution together. We're going to find a solution. So unite as a team. 
Yeah. And one last final point too, you know, welcoming the conflict as an opportunity for growth, I think has been a nice shift in our perspective, you know, when stuff does arise, especially mine, because for me, I have trauma from my parents that conflict came about and then it just broke apart two entire families and things like that. (laughs) So yeah, that's true. And so for me, whenever there was conflict, I would go into this fear mode of, oh my gosh, we're doomed. Oh my gosh. And that's my own trauma. That is, I had to get to the root of why do I just get so extreme in anxiety when we have conflicts, when we're having disagreements about things that are simple. And for me, in my mind, I was like, oh, because it builds into something bigger and then it'll explode and then we're doomed. And I had to get rid of that. So I think it's really, really um, something pivotal for us to have recognized that. Yeah. Yeah, guys. Basically, just look at that conflict as an opportunity to grow. Healthy conflict. Healthy conflict. Don't allow it to enable unhealthy conflict and be able to recognize and check in on each other. Is this healthy or not? Yeah. Yeah. Great points there. So hopefully this was somewhat beneficial for you guys. Um, Even if you're not in right now a relationship, I think these strategies can still apply to your colleagues, to your family, to your friends. It really is how to overcome conflict in your relationships. So I hope you got some value from this one. If you did... Please share it with a friend, someone who needs this message, someone who might be going through conflict in their relationships. That is how we continue to spread this positive message of happy hustling your dream reality with the world. And leave some comments wherever you're watching this on maybe some of your tactics that we can also implement because we are always looking for new tactics as well. Yeah, please do. Please share. We love reading your reviews and comments. We appreciate and love you guys. Thank you so much. Now. Without further ado, we're signing off. Peace and love, y'all. Peace and love. One more thing, guys. If you want to do more than just listen to the Happy Hustle podcast, but actually implement all the amazing tips, tools, and tactics you're learning here, then I highly recommend you register now for the upcoming Soul Mapping Masterclass at thehappyhustle.com. Dot com backslash soul mapping. That's S-O-U-L-M-A-P-P-I-N. I am pulling back the curtain of my secret soul mapping system. This is how the top 1% of successful entrepreneurs are avoiding burnout, creating healthy work-life balance, and crushing their business goals. And I'm basically going to give it all to you for free. All you got to do is register now and show up. If you're hearing this, that means there's one coming up very soon and that you can be on it. You can meet me live and we can actually break down this soul mapping system and you can implement it in your life. So you can increase that income and you can increase that impact and skyrocket your happiness in the process. I really hope I see you on this live masterclass. It's coming up very soon and you better register right now at thehappyhustle.com backslash soul mapping if you want to get a spot. All right, y'all. Thanks again for listening. Peace and love. I'm out. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast. I truly am so grateful that you took the time out of your busy day to spend time with me. 
Now, if you got any value from this episode or any episodes in the past, it would mean the world to me if you could please leave a five-star review and share this episode with your friends so we can continue to spread this message. Guys, as always, it's been a blast. Now go out there and happy hustle for your dream reality. Yeah.